I'll tell you tonight, preaching through John on consecutive days has been nothing uh, really what I expected. I don't know what I expected it would be like, but it's been nothing like I expected. Uh, but, but what I am seeing, what I am learning, what I, how I am growing uh, is not what I expected. Now, it is weird going through the verses, verse by verse on consecutive days. Uh, it seems there are certain themes that keep coming up. Now, if we were to space these six days or seven days apart, maybe we would lose track of those things. If we were to spread this over a course of Sundays, this morning I was thinking this is the 25th day. If we were to do this every Sunday, uh, we would be six months in instead of 25 days in. Well, doing this on consecutive days, there are certain themes that seem to keep coming up. Really, they stay right in front of our face, continually in our sight. And maybe that's how God plans it. Now, one of them is how great, God, great God's love is. And as we're hearing it on consecutive nights, uh, that stays right in my sight, how tremendous our God's love is. It is uh, truly, deeply, uh, thoroughly, amazingly uh, more than I would imagine. He loves us. More than we can imagine, He loves us. Another thing that keeps coming to sight is how gracious He is. And when I think I have a handle on that, the more I hear and the more I read and the more I study, He is more gracious than I ever dreamed, ever imagined. He is gracious to sinners. He is truly, radically gracious to sinners. And that seems to just keep popping up. And then the third thing is how important it is to know the truth. And, and maybe you've noticed that, but it's almost every single day in our study. Every day we're looking at some new verses. It seems every day we see it is essential to know the truth of who Jesus is and to know the truth of what his gospel is. Well, those things keep coming into mind. Those things keep coming into view but here's something else I've learned over time. I have found God generally shows me something when I need to know something. You ever notice that? He's right on time. He's perfectly relevant. These ancient words we were just singing about, they are living and active, and they are relevant in this day. And so I'm taking that to mean tonight in these days, in these important days, in these hard days, in these last days, we need to be certain of God's love. We need to be certain of God's grace. And listen, we need to be sure of God's truth. Now listen, see this. How marvelous is it that all of those things are revealed in Jesus? Man, that sounds like a broad subject. We've got to talk about his, his love, His grace, His truth. All of those things are made known to us in the person of Jesus. Well, today, God in His grace, God in His wisdom, God in His perfect timing reminds us again, once again tonight, the truth of Jesus matters. And so here it is again, right in our, in our line of sight. The truth of Jesus matters. Tonight, our message is entitled, The Son Who Saves. The Son Who Saves. Tonight, we're in John chapter 5, Verses 17 through 24. John chapter 5, tonight verses 17 through 24. The Son who saves. I'm going to ask if you would, if you would stand with me in the honor and the reverence of the reading of God's Word. 
John chapter 5, beginning in the 17th verse, God's word says this. But he answered them, my father is working unto now, and I myself am working. For this reason, therefore, the Jews were seeking all the more to kill him, because he not only was breaking the Sabbath, but also was calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. Therefore, Jesus answered and was saying to them, truly, truly, I say to you, the son can do nothing of himself unless it is something he sees the father doing. For whatever the father does, these things the son also does in like manner. For the father loves the son and shows him all things that he is himself doing. And the father will show him greater works than these so that you will marvel. For just as the father raises the dead and gives them life, even so, the Son also gives life to whom He wishes. For not even the Father judges anyone, but He has given all judgment to the Son, so that all will honor the Son, even as they honor the Father. He who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent Him. Verse 24, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes Him who sent me has eternal life and does not come into judgment, but has passed out of death into life. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we come tonight, we're thankful for your truth. We're thankful for Jesus, our truth. We're thankful for hope and peace settled in him. We're thankful for redemption, for reconciliation, for the forgiveness of our sin, finished, settled in his work. Lord, we come tonight, we praise you, we thank you for our Savior, Jesus. Lord, I, I pray tonight as, as we have gathered, as we're listening, that we would grow in our knowledge of you tonight, that we would grow in our love for you tonight, that we would be excited about you and, 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 and your salvation that you give us, and that would grow, that would be encouraged and fed tonight. And I pray the fruit of that would be a people that would tell others of the good news and that would exalt and lift up the name of Jesus. Lord, you're worthy. We praise you. We thank you. We hold up your name. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. In John's gospel, we are watching as a growing issue, a growing controversy between the Jewish leaders, the, 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 the heads of the Jewish religion, the Pharisees, and Jesus develops. Now, remember, as we, as we read the Gospels, we move through it. Jesus is announcing who he is. He's making in no uncertain terms the announcement. He is the Christ. He is the Messiah. He is confirming who he is. He is the Messiah. And these leaders seem to be missing or at least ignoring his message. Here we are in the fifth chapter, and they're hearing the message. They're seeing signs that would confirm the message, and they are either missing or they are ignoring his message. Now, strangely, instead of that, they are finding fault with him. Now, that seems like a peculiar thing. Instead of believing him, trusting him, they are taking issue with him. Well, tonight in our verses... We see that continue to unfold. Now, for the context, and I'm going to back up and start in verse 16. 
We're going to move through our verses. I'm going to start for a point of context with verse 16. For this reason, the Jews were persecuting Jesus because he was doing these things on the Sabbath. For this reason, the Jews were persecuting Jesus because he was doing these things on the Sabbath. Now, remember, he is breaking their ritual law. Uh, He healed somebody on the Sabbath, and they are angry about it. They are upset about it. Now, remember the word for persecuting. It doesn't mean to harm. Now, there'll be a day when they do harm, but the word here for persecuting means they are pursuing. They are chasing. It, It most literally means they are hunting. And so Jesus has broken their ritual law. They don't like that he's doing this on the Sabbath. And so they are pursuing Jesus. They are chasing Jesus. The hunt has begun for Jesus. They're hunting after Jesus. All right, tonight our verses. But he answered them, my father is working unto now, and I myself am Working Now put those two together. For this reason, the Jews are persecuting Jesus because he was doing these things on the Sabbath. But he answered them, my father is working unto now and I myself am working. In verse 17, they say, you can't work on the Sabbath. You're breaking the ritual law. You can't work on the Sabbath. Here are the rules. You can't work on the Sabbath. And Jesus answers them, My father is working until now, and I myself am working. Now, see what Jesus says here. It's very interesting. See what Jesus says here. The only one exempt from the Sabbath rules was God. They have these 39 categories of things you can't do, of jobs you can't do. They have all these rules. The only one exempt from the Sabbath rules was God. He could work on the Sabbath. Now, it was nice of them to allow that, but that's what they decided. He could work on the Sabbath. He could keep the tides moving. He could keep the sun shining. That's fine if he does that. He could keep the crops growing, the trees blooming. He could work on the Sabbath, they had decided, because he is God. Well, Jesus takes their logic and he says, My father is working until now. Now he calls God his father. And he says, and I myself am working. Now who's the only one that can work on the Sabbath? And I myself am working. All right, let's think about something. Did Jesus ever claim to be God? That's that's an often posed question. And if you're out in the world very long, you're going to hear that question. Jesus never claimed to be God. I don't know where you got that. Read the the New Testament. He never claimed to be God. People will say that. Uh, Many cults throw up this question. Jehovah's Witnesses, hey, he never claimed to be God. Now, they've changed the word of God. They don't even have the right word. The Mormons, they come along and say, he never claimed to be God. He was a man. He becomes a God. He He never claimed to be God. And they say Jesus never claimed to be God. Now, there's even some today, and they say Jesus is a moral teacher. He's a good example. And they say, you know what? He never claimed to be God. And so there's two things to think about tonight. 
The first is this. Did he? That's a big deal. Did he? Did he ever claim to be God? And the second thing is this. Is it a gospel issue? Now, we're seeing it's a big deal to understand the gospel. And so we're going to evaluate this according to the question. Is it a gospel issue? Does it matter as an issue of salvation? So two things to think about tonight in our verses. Did he claim to be God? And is it a gospel issue? Did Jesus ever claim to be divine? Did he ever claim to be God? Well, let's look at verse 18. We're going we're to sum it up pretty quickly. For this reason, therefore, the Jews were seeking all the more to kill him because he was not only breaking the Sabbath, what? But also was calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. For this reason, it says all the more. Notice in verse 16, they're seeking him. In verse 18, they're seeking to kill him. Now, I hate to give away the ending, but they do kill him. They do kill him. For this reason, all the more, the verse says, not only because he is breaking the Sabbath, but because he is calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. Now, let's look at that. It's important. Equal is the Greek word, the original language, that means identical, equivalent, or same. It means same. The Father is God. They have no problem with that. They understand that. They're basing everything upon that. There's no doubt. The Father is God. Here's what Jesus is saying. I am identical. I am the same. The Son is the same. Now, let me just tell you, that's too much for them. That's unfathomable to them. And the only way they can reconcile it, and I'm sitting there trying to think about what they're thinking. Here's this guy, and he shows up and says, I am God, I am divine. The only way they can reconcile that is that he must be claiming that there's two gods at least. He might, if he is saying he's God, and we know the Father is God, he must be saying there is another God. And they can't understand what he's saying. They do not understand what he's saying. And, and so instead of relenting, which a lot of folks today might do, well, we better not push it. Well, we're upsetting some folks. Well, the polls tell us it's not going to be popular. Well, you know what? He, he instead of relenting, he presses it further and he explains it. We don't understand this. He must be saying there's two gods. Well, he goes further and he explains it to them. Now, those are our next verses that we're going to look at. In them, Jesus is going to show us the Son is God. That's what he's going to show us in the coming verses, that the Son is God. Now, he's going to show us that he is God because of four things, because of four Examples, And so he's going to explain it to them. They can't understand it. He's going to explain it to them. And in his grace, he's going to explain it to us as well. The Son is God because of four things, four examples. The first is this. Jesus is God. The Son is God because he has the same will as the Father. Now, let me just pull off right here for a second. 
Remember, Jesus is saying this. And so when they say Jesus never claimed to be God, that's crazy. That's ludicrous. Jesus is the one talking here. The first thing is this. Jesus is God. The Son is God because he has the same will as the Father. Listen to verse 19. They can't understand. Therefore, Jesus answered and was saying to them, truly, truly. That means this is the truth. I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself unless it is something he sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, these things the Son also does in like manner. Now remember, they they think he is saying that he is God, and so he must be another God. Well, Jesus tells them here, he is not independent of the Father in will. He's not independent of the Father in purpose. In fact, he is saying they are in perfect harmony. He is in perfect, the Son is in perfect harmony with the Father. So he gives an example here. If the Father works on the Sabbath, what did he say? The Son's going to work on the Sabbath. They're the same. They're in harmony in will. If the Father heals, they're upset. Why would you heal if the Father heals? Well, then the Son will heal as well. What he sees the Father do, the Son also does in like manner. Now, I want to look at that one phrase. The Son also does in like manner. It means this. He can do what the Father does. He just keeps throwing it back on him. The Father's God. You understand that? I can do what the Father does. In like manner, he says the son can do what God does. All right, verse 20 adds to that. Let's look at verse 20. For the father loves the son, this is going to be good, and shows him all things that he himself is doing. And the father will show him greater works than these so that you will marvel. All right, verse 20, Jesus says this. The Father loves the Son. It means they are not rivals. It means they are not in competition. It means they are not in opposition to one another. The Father loves the Son. Now, they can't understand how two gods would not be in competition. He says the Father loves the Son. Now, this is what I think is interesting. In the New Testament... The Christian love for the Christian word for love is agape, agapeo. It means, Christian love means to serve at the sacrifice of self. That's what Jesus does. Think about it. He serves at the cost of himself, the sacrifice of himself. When you move to the New Testament, that is Christian love. That is the Christian understanding of love, to serve at the cost of of yourself. It's not an emotion. It's not a feeling. It is to sacrifice for others. That is Christian love. Well, it says here, the father loves the son. It is not that word. It is not that word. It is the Greek word phileo. It means deep adoration, deep affection. The father has a deep adoration and affection for the son. That's that's what it means. 
And it says, because of that, he shows them all things that he is doing. They are of the same will. They are of the same purpose. They are seeking the same end. They are in harmony, and that is rooted and grounded in love. They are in harmony because of love. Look at the end of verse 20. I think this is funny he says this. And the Father will show him greater works than these, so that you will marvel. The end of verse 20, he says, if you think this was a big deal, then you wait till Lazarus. That's what he says. If you think that, oh, this was a big deal, everybody's up in arms about this, find me after Lazarus. That's what he says. Greater things are coming. All right, that's the first thing. The second thing is this. Jesus is God. The Son is God because he has the same power. As the Father. This is the second thing he's showing here. Jesus is God. The Son is God because he has the same power as the Father. All right, let's go to verse 21 now. For just as the Father raises the dead and gives them life, even so the Son also gives life to whom he wishes. For just as the Father raises the dead and gives them life, even so the Son also gives life to whom he wishes. Wishes. All right, here's a good question. What can God do that no one else can do? Now, I made a list. You could, you could probably think of some things, but let me tell you one of the things he can do that no one else can do is he can give life. He can give life, physical life, and spiritual life. God is the only one that can give life. They may have labs and they may have all these folks set up and they may be trying to shock and to clone and to mix things. There is only one that can give life, physical life or spiritual life, and that is God. Well, Jesus says the Father does that. We know that. And then he says this, and even so the Son gives life to whom he wishes. Do you know what he just said? I'm God. I have the same power that he has. Only one can give life. I can give life. Even so, as the Father does, the Son gives life to whom he wishes. Jesus is God because he can do what the Father can do. He has the same power as the Father. All right, that brings us to the third thing. Jesus is God. The Son is God because he has the same authority. As the Father. Jesus is God. The Son is God because He has the same authority as the Father. All right, verse 22. For not even the Father judges anyone, but He has given all judgment to the Son. For not even the Father judges anyone, but He has given all judgment to the Son. Now we know God the Father has judged. We have the record of many judgments that he has carried out. But from the incarnation forward, not even the Father judges anyone. That's the, that's the testimony of the, of the New Testament. The Father has given all judgment to the Son. The Son has the authority to judge. Now think about these Jews. They're sitting there and their heads starting to spin around on their, on their shoulders. They're trying to figure this out. What, what is Jesus saying? What is Jesus claiming? He's saying that, that the Son is God because He has the same will and they're in perfect harmony. He's saying that they have the same power, the ability to give life. And now He says He is the judge 
God has given him that authority. Now, let me just walk you logically through that. To give it, he had to have it. It was the father's. He had it. That's talking about the father. And now to have it means that you possess it. That's talking about Jesus. Jesus has the same authority as did the father. In the New Testament, there's a whole bunch of verses that I could show you, but it says he is the righteous judge. He is the one that will judge. Acts chapter 10, verse 42 says he is appointed the judge over the living, the quick, and the dead. That's the testimony of Scripture. Jesus is God. The Son is God because he has the same authority as the Father. He's not in conflict with the Father. There's not a competition between the Father. He is God. All right, the, the last one, the fourth one, and this is big. And, and, and I don't know, those are all big, but this is a big one for their understanding. Jesus is God. The Son is God because He is due the same honor as the Father. Now, that had to buckle their knees to hear that. The Son is God. Jesus is God because He is due the same honor as the Father. Now, when they hear that, they think that's blasphemy. They, they think that's despicable. They can't imagine that somebody would have the nerve to say this. They know that there is one God. And they, they know that. They've been trained since they were kids. There is but one God. Here, O Israel, there is but one God. They know He is a jealous God. They know that he does not share his glory with another. They know that God says, you shall have no other gods before me. You shall not worship them or serve them. They know the song is, bless the Lord, O oh my soul, all that's within me, and it's aiming at the one God. They know they're to worship the one true God. And then verse 23. So that all will honor the Son even as they honor the Father. He who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. I'm going to read that again. So that all will honor the Son, even as they honor the Father. He who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. Jesus says here, the same honor due the Father is due the Son. Now, that's a huge statement. That's an earth-shattering statement. The honor that's due the Father is due the Son. So they all will honor the Son even as they honor the Father. Then Jesus says, to not honor the Son is to dishonor the Father who sent Him. Look at the last of verse 23. He who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent Him. And so see this tonight. They claim to love the Father. They claim to be in the business of exalting the Father. They, they claim that He's the one, and we're going to lift up and exalt Him. And Jesus says, listen, I am the one that the Father promised. I am the Savior of God. I am God, is what He says. And to dishonor me, and to reject me, and to ridicule me, is to dishonor God the Father.
Now, what that means, and I want you to hear this, what that means tonight, what that means today, here, we're, we're studying this in John's gospel. I'm talking about tonight, this day. What that means is this. Listen very carefully. If you want to exalt the Father, then you exalt and you worship Jesus Christ, his Son. And you want to make it plain, let's make it plain. If you want to lift up the, the Father, if you want to exalt the Father, then you lift up His Son, Jesus Christ. And if you want to show love to the Father, then you praise and you worship and you show love to Jesus Christ. Listen, that is why we're Jesus-centered in the church. That is why we're Jesus-focused in the church. If you want to lift up the, the, the Father, the way you do that is by exalting His Son, Jesus Now let me, sometimes you hear it different, better from somebody else. Let me put it to you like this. Paul puts it like this. Listen very carefully. Jesus is God. And he humbles himself. Taking the form of a created man. He's the creator of all things. And he humbles himself taking the form of a created man. That's what Paul says. He humbles himself not just to become a man, but Paul says he becomes a bondservant, a slave, a lowly slave. Not just a man, he becomes a slave. And not just a slave. You see, there were some privileged slaves, not just a slave, but he becomes a slave that suffers. He becomes a slave that is mocked and beaten. He becomes a slave that is whipped and stripped naked and nailed to the cross of Calvary. And there he suffers disgrace and death. The author of life, the giver of life, humbles himself and suffers death. In Philippians chapter 2, Here's the rest of the story. And for this reason also, God highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name. Listen to this. So that the name of Jesus, every knee will bow of those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And listen to verse 11. And that every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Listen. To the glory of God the Father. Listen to me tonight. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. His name is Jesus. He is our hope. He is our King. He is our Savior. His name is the name above every name. And if you want to praise the Father, then lift up the name of Jesus. To the glory of God the Father. Well, I think he's a great teacher. No, he's God who came to save us. Well, I think he's a great example. Yes, we might follow his example, but no, he is God who came to save us. Jesus says to praise one is to praise the other. Jesus is God. Four reasons. The Son is God because they have the same will. They work in harmony. The Son is God because they have the same power. They're able to give life. The Son is God because they have the same authority. Jesus is the righteous judge. The Son is God because the same honor is due of both of them. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. And then that leaves us with one last question. 
So does it matter? Is it a gospel issue? Is it a big enough deal to split ways over? You see, a lot of folks say, we got to get along. We got to be unified with everybody. Listen, is this a big enough deal to split ways over? Is this a big enough thing to get stirred up over? Is this a gospel issue? Shouldn't we worry about this? Let Jesus, let God answer it. Here we go, verse 24. Truly, truly, here's the truth. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes him, the Father who sent me, has eternal life. Is it a gospel issue and does not come into judgment, but is passed out of death into life. Listen, the message of Jesus is the word of the Father, and when they're received in faith, the gospel of Jesus Christ, that person has eternal life. Listen to me. It is the gospel. Here's here's what Jesus is saying. Here's the message of our gospel. Jesus is God, and he's mighty to save. Jesus is man, and he's in the position he's able to save. And so you ask the question tonight, is it a gospel issue? Let me answer. Friends, it is the gospel. It is the gospel. Jesus is the son who saves. Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Dear Father, we come, and I'm thankful for this truth. And I'm thankful in a world of nonsense and mistruth, distortions and, and, and things that try to enter in and, and, and the pressure to just accept everything as truth that you tell us. You are fully man in the position to save men. And you are fully God with the power to give life. And in both, we have our Savior, the name above every name, Jesus. Lord, we thank you. We praise you. We worship you tonight. Lord, I pray if there's one that doesn't know you tonight, that tonight in the hearing of the good news, they'd turn to you. They'd trust you. They'd be saved by faith in Jesus tonight. Lord, help them. Lord, I pray for us as the church that we would, we would double down on this truth, that we would know this truth, that we would stand on this truth. Because in this truth, in this truth alone, there's hope and life and salvation. And then, Lord, I pray that both of us together would lift up your name. We lift up the name of Jesus, and it says it'll be the glory of the Father as well. Lord, we, we pray that you're glorified in this. We ask in this time of invitation, we ask that you move, that you work, that you lead, that you direct, that you're known, that you're glorified. We give it to you, and I pray in Jesus' name, amen. We're going to close our service with a time of response, a time of invitation. And it's not routine. It's not something we have to check off. It's not something we're going to pass over. Here's the deal. This is the gospel. This is the good news. And it is preached that you might hear the grace of God and that you might respond in faith. If you're here tonight, if you're listening tonight by some other means and you've never trusted Jesus Christ, trust him tonight. There's the forgiveness of your sin in him alone tonight. Offered it in him tonight. If you've never trusted him, trust him tonight. I implore you. I beg you, trust him tonight. In him, there's peace There's reconciliation. There's redemption in him. Trust him tonight. If you've never trusted him, do it tonight.
If you're here and you've trusted him, but you never fought in believer's baptism, what a, what a great time during this hundred days to say, you know what, I want to testify. I, I want to walk in obedience. And so you come and say, yes, I'm a follower of Christ. Maybe it's a recent decision. Maybe it's a decision further back. But you say, you know what, I, I, want, I want to testify to that. And we'll set a date, and it'll be a great day of celebration, testifying to what we believe of our Savior, Jesus. If you're looking for a church home and you've prayed about it, and you believe God's led you here, you come as well. Together we'll serve His name, His glory, His mission, His cause. You come as well. Maybe tonight on this 25th night, you want to come and pray at an altar. Maybe you want to come pray with me. Maybe, maybe I don't even know what your issue is, but you're here tonight and you know God is your answer. And you trust his wisdom and you seek his help. And so maybe tonight you'd come and pray at this altar or pray with me. I'm going to ask that no one would stir around, no one would head for an exit. You pray for those that are making decisions. As we stand and sing, if God is speaking to you, you step out. You come on, I'll meet you here.